Well, good morning once again, voice. It's good to see you. How's everyone doing? I tried, Aiden. I tried. We got to wake him up. Wake him up. My name's Eric. I'm one of the elders here, and just thank you for coming. If you came early to set up, to play, to uh, provide coffee, kids ministry, thank you for that. That's so so cool. We literally can't do it without you. Dream Team is back. We're so excited to have you guys serving in that way. Uh, just want to start with a bit of an announcement. As our world continues to change in regards to COVID-19 and mask wearing, and we just wanted to update you as to where the church is at on that. It's a constant evolving situation, and we just want to make sure you're up to date. We have, from the beginning, led by Pastor uh, Taka and, and Pastor Natalie, had this desire to be a church that's known for loving our neighbor. And we want, you know, there's lots of things that we could be known for and, and d- dig our heels in for, but what we've chosen above all else is to be a church that's known for love and self-sacrifice and especially uh, this attitude of humility. So as our, the, the numbers seem to rise in Riverside and Orange County, we are going to ask our children's workers starting next week to uh, put their masks back on to work with kids to keep our kids safe. And then we're just going to um, we're going to like politely recommend that if you feel comfortable wearing your mask that we'll, we'll start doing that again next week. Now, I know th- this has become a divisive thing for the country and 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 it's not our heart is not to make a stand here. Our heart is not to make a political position Uh, We're not known for that. We don't want to be known for that. What we want to be known for is if somebody comes into our community who doesn't know Christ yet, what they see is people who are willing to put up with some discomfort to protect them. Okay, And so just so you know, that's where we're at today. I don't know if that's a popular position. It's probably a mixed bag, and we're okay with that. But we just wanted to make sure it's not ambiguous, that you know where we are at on that. If you have questions, please talk to me after. We are an open book, not uh, hoping to step on toes or anything, but just wanting to be known for loving our neighbor. If you are affected by just the constant COVID challenge, Um, What I want to do right now is stop and pray for you. I am a teacher, and I know there are are other teachers in our community, uh, but more than just teachers, as we start going back to school and masks start coming back on, my my wife works at a bank and things are changing, it seems like, every week. I just want to stop and pray for you, okay? Uh, If you could, just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to speak, just so we know who, uh, if you are affected by this mask change and kind of the COVID complications of every day, raise your hand. We're going to pray for you. Great. Okay, let's pray. Lord, for two things. We, we, first, we, we thank you for our gathering today. We, we thank you that we can do it in, in safety. We thank you that we can do it in comfort. And Lord, we give it back to you knowing that uh, what COVID taught me is that there is no such thing as just another Sunday. It is a big deal. And so we, we thank you for that. God, if there are people in our community today who are, COVID has just complicated how they do work, how they do life, or if uh, we have lost family members or, or friends due to that, or, or, you know, fill in the blank. Lord, we lift up those people specifically today. We don't really know what to do. We don't know exactly how to make decisions all the time, Lord, but what we do know is that you are good and you are faithful, and we can apply what you said, what your son said uh, today. So God, as we seek to put our neighbors first in error on the side of safety, Lord, would you just bless us 
and continue to speak to us uh, as pastors and elders and, and church leaders as we are desperate, desperate for you to lead this church. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for that. Uh, we are starting, uh, we're continuing this series that we started for summer. We do it every summer in July and August. It's called Mic Drop Series. And what's going on uh, throughout the year is we are working our way verse by verse, story by story through the book of Luke. But then for summer and other occasions like Christmas and holidays, we, we stop that series to do this mic drop thing. And what it tends to be is guest speakers and kind of random topics. And I look forward to this. Not that I don't love Luke, I do, but it's fun to have a break, have some variety, and what we're talking about today is, I think, so relevant, so important for what our community needs to hear. Now, uh, if you don't know me yet, I would love to, uh, to meet you after service, but I am a Bible teacher, okay? That's what I do for a living, and this sermon is going to be more of a Bible teaching than it would be a Bible preaching. So what I mean by that is there is going to be a lot of information today. I don't expect for you to get every single bit of every point that's made. There's a lot here and it's, it just happened that way. So what I think this sermon needs to be used as is maybe this is something that you come back to later this week. And you re-listen to the section or the part that you needed to hear. Or you revisit the scriptures that I'm going to reference today. But I think uh, this is a sermon that is needed from our community. I believe God has put it on my heart and mind, not just this week, but several months ago to be spoken. So maybe that's you that needs to hear it today. Let me start with a story. There's going to be lots of pictures, uh, lots of stories today as we weave our way through the topic. starts with this. We can go to that first picture. Last weekend, my family went to this place called Black Mountain in Idlewild. Has anybody been there? Okay, it's, I, I'd never heard of it before uh, Pastor Taka mentioned it. But this is the uh, 7,000 feet up overlooking uh, the, our, our area here. It's gorgeous. I love camping. And especially like yellow post sites where there's no running water and it's roughing it and you're out uh, kind of in the wilderness, you feel like you're far away. I love the perspective change where you get to look down and think, yeah, yeah, my problems really are small when I'm up here. It's awesome. And what I decided to do as a dad was this was going to be a camping trip where we didn't rough it. Like, we're going to go to kind of a cool spot, and uh, yeah, there's no running water and stuff, but we are going to make it as comfortable as possible. So I brought every single Thing that would make our camping trip more comfortable. Everything that I could fit in our cars, I packed it. Two or three layers of bedding, I packed it. Extra food, I packed it. I brought everything. It was awesome. The first night, it was gorgeous. The next day, we came up, got up and kind of walked up the hill, had, had breakfast, just were about to start lunch. And the sky turned from blue like it is now all of a sudden, and I don't know if you've been in a situation like this, all of a sudden, the weather, it seems like the world changed. Minutes. The second picture is the, is the picture that we took right before, I don't know if you can tell, it's a, a little bit of a weird picture taken on an iPhone, but we are completely soaked down to the bone. There was literally a life and death, this is the warning we got on our phone, a life and death flash flood warning for the area that we were camping in that day. 
And all of a sudden, it just started dumping rain. We had a little stream that was forming, literally running right through our tent. Now, if I would have known that it was going to flash flood, if I, if, it, if I would have known that it was going to dump water and we were going to be completely soaked, my dog uh, is at the bottom half of this. You can't see her. But she, it's like the first time she's ever been in the wilderness. She's like six months. She's like curled up in a ball. I'm carrying her down. If I would have known, I would have packed. I would have done it differently. This wouldn't have been the one trip that I brought every piece of bedding that I could fit in my car. Right? Because the bedding that you lay down in a stream becomes a sponge that you then put in your car and takes weeks to dry out. And what, the reason why I start with that today is if I knew, if I had known what was coming, I would have done it differently. If I would have known what was coming, I would have done it differently. Now, it seems like around every corner today, and I think maybe it's always been this way, but it's been especially in my face. I've been so attentive to this point it seems like around every corner today, there's a battle to fight. Whether it's political, health-wise, relational, financial, fill in the blank. It just seems like right now in my life, in the world, the way that I'm experiencing it, there's just a, a battle to fight. And maybe you can relate with that today. My, my high schoolers, the, who I uh, teach at a school in Corona, they have this saying that whenever something goes bad and it's like some situation like this camping story happens, they have this phrase that they say, I'm gonna, and I'm going to introduce it to you. Maybe you've heard your son or daughter say it. They say, ah, oh, that's trash. You guys heard that? So this is my picture of trash. And they say it, and it, like I roll my eyes, and they say it, and I roll my eyes. And for some reason, I felt like God just kept bringing this up. Like every time this battle, this situation, this rainy day story happens, like, ah, uh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like a mess that we've created. It is kind of like stuff that we've just ruined and garbage, you know? Like, oh, yeah, that is, maybe they ha they're on to something. Like, ah, oh, that's trash. So we're going to say that a few times. Everybody practice with me. Everybody, ah, oh, that's trash. Go ahead. Ah, oh, that's trash. That's right. We're getting cooler, parents. We're getting cooler. It's awesome. So unlike our crazy camping trip, as Christians, we know what's coming. Unlike the camping trip, Scripture tells us what's coming. John 16, Jesus says this. In this world, you will have trouble. Insert, here we go. Oh, that's trash. Thank God Jesus tells us the truth. We are going to have trouble. First Peter says this. Be alert. Because of this trouble, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour 1 Corinthians 16, 13, uh, 16, 33 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. It seems like fighting battles are just part of the Christian experience. And that's the truth. And that's what we can see coming. That's why Paul writes this classic verse in Ephesians 6. 
He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's why loving your neighbor as yourself makes sense, even today. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not against flesh and blood. It's something higher. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. You are able to stand. And I don't know how you feel about your Christian experience. Maybe you're still seeking that out, understanding what, what it is. Maybe you've been walking with God for a long time. That's great. I'm glad that we have a mixed bag of experiences today. But I don't know if you can relate to this. Sometimes, in some situations, I feel unprepared. I feel unprotected. I feel not able to like walk in this power that Paul and Jesus talks about. And for that, I want to say, I want to remind you of a resource that I think we as a church need to take up. We need to, like, we need to use this more. If you go to voice.church slash rightnowmedia, there's the website right there. Our church pays for everybody in our community who calls Voice Home to have free access to this website. It's kind of like a Netflix of Christian resources for small groups, for uh, TV shows to watch at home with kids, uh, for personal devotion and study. Maybe it's time for you to get more prepared about how to protect yourself or maybe even focusing on the armor of God. But this is a free resource you can start today going to this website and you can start learning more about it. So it's just a little commercial for that. Take us up on this offer. It's, there's, there are gold mine little treasures in there if you do the the work to search for it. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about three kinds of battles that I think we all face. And it's not going to be comprehensive, but I think it's going to be a good start that if you're stuck, this is going to be some practical ways, some simple steps that you can take to get to that place of victory in your battles. Another experience that I've had in my life, and uh, as I get older, I I look back on these things I'm about to talk about and think, man, that really was insane. I can't believe we, my mom let me do stuff like that. Anyway, uh, we were hiking Mount Tubacal in Morocco. This is a a country that doesn't allow, but it's state, it's illegal to be a Christian in this country. So we're visiting our missionary friend there, as you do, and we're hiking up Mount Tubacal, which is this classic, famous hike, kind of alongside Everest and things like that. Definitely not as tall, but, you know, people work up to Everest by hiking Mount Tubacal. And we got to hike to this awesome place called the Refuge, and it was uh, crafted, let's go back one, it was crafted hundreds of years ago, and it's like this destination that just seems like it's in the middle of nowhere, this amazing, amazing place. We had a a, a feast of Snickers and Coca-Cola, like our guide was, yeah, no, anyway. Uh, But we remember this place fondly because we worked so hard to get there. Now to the next picture. This is what it looks like. This is the trail that leads up to it. You can't see it until you just get over the summit. And it's just this desolate, rocky, waterless really tough situation. And I remember, and other people have had this experience, I remember our guide looking at us and and saying, hey, do your lungs feel like they're going to explode? We're like, 
yeah? He's like, cool, that's normal. Keep going. We would walk and walk, and he would say, hey, do your legs feel like you literally can't stand any longer? Yep. Cool, that's normal. Keep going. And he kept asking us the series of questions. And I feel like saying one more time, just to belabor it, ah, uh, that's trash. But I think the first battle that we all face is, is a battle with temptation. Is the battle with temptation. And what I want to say, if you are battling temptation today, is if you are struggling, just like my guide at Mount Tubacall, good, that's normal. It's when you don't struggle with the battle of temptation that we should worry. I think the word struggle is a good word, meaning you're battling it. You're, 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 you're grinding through it. Jesus teaches us to pray like this. In Matthew 6, 13, he says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, how do you know when you're being tempted to sin? The, the battle of temptation. How do you know? Well, you know that the behavior that you're about to, that you're considering doing is wrong. Okay, you know that the, ba- the behavior that you're considering is wrong. Scripture is very clear what sin is and what sin isn't, but it doesn't cover every single situation. There's a lot in there, but there's also a lot not in there. James 4.17 says this. Maybe you don't know this verse. This is a verse that, uh, that is important for people who are serious in their faith to consider. James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, for her, for that person, it is sin. And so this battle of temptation rages. And I know in my own life, I'm not always successful. I'm not always victorious. But here are some things that we can do today if you are fighting that battle. Number one is think ahead. Is think ahead. See, Jesus teaches us to pray, to to ask God to not lead us into temptation. God is going to say yes to that prayer. But here's what we can do to partner with God and and to help ourselves defeat to be victorious in this battle is to don't put yourself in the position to be tempted in the first place. Think ahead. If you struggle with um, alcohol or substance abuse, don't put yourself in the position where it's an option. Think ahead. If you struggle with uh, looking at the wrong thing on a screen, get some accountability and filters on those screens. And fill in the blank. If there's an area in your life where you know that is an option, that thing that you struggle with, think ahead. Don't put yourself in that position. Number two, get into accountability as soon as possible. The only way for you to take this battle seriously and be victorious is to do it with somebody else. That's the truth. And it's scary sometimes to let somebody in, but I promise you, if you, I promise you that there's somebody in this community who's struggling with something similar. I promise you. And if we can let our guard down and be wise about who we trust with the right information, I'm not asking you to share everything with everybody. The pastors and elders can help you find that right group. There is a way that God will help you get into accountability that will set you free from that stuff set you free from it. I've experienced it. And then number three, 
Pray for a way out and take it. And what I mean is this. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man or mankind. Meaning other people, other people have had victory in this area of their life. It's the same circles over and over and over. There is an answer for this battle. It says, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. You can win. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Pray for a way out and don't just pray for the way out. Take it when it comes. And then number four, if needed, I know I need this all the time. What happens if you make a mistake? Well, I think it's simple as you confess and then you get back on track. We call that repentance. Confess and repent. Get back on track. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Get back on track. That's the first battle. The second battle this is the battle of the testing of our faith. And this may be a new one to some people, but this is an ever-present battle that I experience in my life. Now, this battle may be a little bit more simple, but is in no way easier. It is in no way easier. This type of battle does not necessarily ask you to choose between right and wrong. Sometimes that could be Simple. Sometimes it's complicated. But this battle isn't deciding between right and wrong. This is the battle where God is just asking you to do something difficult. He's just asking you to do something difficult. And before we break it down into what to do when we're fighting this battle, let's understand it. Why would God test us? Does he just want to see us squirm? I don't, I, why would God test us? Well, I don't believe that he just wants to see a struggle. I think the purpose of temptation, the first battle, the purpose of temptation is to get us to abandon our faith. But the purpose of testing is to strengthen our faith. The purpose of testing is to strengthen our faith. See, God already knows how strong or weak I am, how strong or weak you are. So the test is for us to know where we are at. And see, we understand that in all the other areas of our life, whether it's physical and you're training for a test to get into this certain group, military or firefighter or police officer or whatever. And we know it in the context of academia. We have to test into things. But if for some reason in our faith, it feels offensive. We spend all this time working on our physical appearance when maybe God's agenda first is to develop our character. And so tests come. First Timothy talks about testing. In chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, meaning it has value, of course, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Church, who's in charge of training? Can we go back to that verse? Who's in charge? Train yourself. 
Does this mean that God is expecting you to do this all on your own? Absolutely not. But I think what's happening here is he's expecting, he's giving you this opportunity to take on some of the responsibility for your own development. He's not going to do the test for you. He'll do it with you, but he's not going to do it for you. It's not a question of working out like if you're saved or not. It's a question of working out your salvation. He has called us from a lifestyle to a lifestyle, and he's helping us build that new path. We can talk more about that another day. But maybe today that's the battle you're fighting, this battle of a test of your faith. I'm a teacher. I've been in school literally every year of my life except for like four in some capacity. And what I've learned from being a student is that I actually love, I love pop quizzes when I'm ready for them. Have you ever had that experience where, like, the teacher has a test or there's something comes up and you know you're ready for it and you're, like, pumped, like, yes, three points, because I read that thing last night. I prepared for that thing. And the pop quiz, the test actually becomes an encouragement because we're ready and we get to see how strong we are. We get to stand. We get to pass. And that test pumps us up, and it fills us up, and encourages us. That's the heart of testing. Today, God might be asking you to endure something that's painful. And it's not a punishment because you did something wrong. He's just asking you to stand in a tough spot for a season. Today, he might be asking you to forgive that person again. Today, he might be asking you to trust him when you have no idea what his plans are for the future. You have no idea how he's going to redeem this situation. Today, he might be asking you to let go of something good to make some space for something that's better. See, the Lord operates on a different level, voice, He sees things that we were not created with the ability to see. Isaiah, this classic verse, Isaiah 55. It's like speaking from God's mouth. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So number one, if you're in this battle of testing of your faith, remind yourself or ask others to remind you of past times that God was faithful. That's your first step. I have this journal that I try to write in as often as possible where I have literally write my prayers. And then as those prayers get answered, I, I try to write those down too because there are days when I need to come back to that journal and be reminded, wow, God was faithful. I'm a forgetful person. God has done so much for me. And, I just, and one of the strongest things we can do when we're in a season of testing is to be reminded that God is faithful. He was faithful. He will be faithful. Number two is I don't think that we should just stop seeking to understand. So I say it like this. So number two is seek to understand everything you can, whatever you can, and then trust God with the rest. He doesn't want us to stop thinking, but that is only going to take us so far. 
Seek to understand what you can. Trust God with the rest. I get that from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. By leaning, they mean like literally putting all your weight on something. Like don't put all your eggs in the basket of you understanding what God's doing in your life. No, it doesn't work like that. Here's what you do instead. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. He's going to work it out. And then number three, and maybe this is what you need to hear today if this is your battle, is don't run when you should stand. Don't run when you should stand. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The first battle, the battle with temptation, maybe what you need to hear is you need to run. But in the second battle, the test, maybe you need to hear to stand. And then this third battle, this third battle is the one that just has challenged me so much in in setting up this sermon, this third battle. So let's take a detour. Let's go back in time, 2 Chronicles 18, 19, and 20. You guys read it recently, right? No, of course not. 2 Chronicles is the story of one of the kings of, uh, of Jerusalem, Israel. Forgive my history lesson, I promise We'll come back to, it'll come back. So this king has awesome name. King Jehoshaphat literally works through these first two battles. Seneca Chronicles 18 and 19, he battles with temptation and loses. And then he gets back on track and then God tests his faith and he stands. And then in verse 20, when it seems like he's back on track and he's, he's fixing all the problems with the nation, with his family, with himself, and all of a sudden it seems like this is where Scripture should say, and God blessed them. They're back on track. And the complete opposite thing happens. In, verse, in chapter 20, verse 1, what happens is this news comes to the king Jehoshaphat that all of a sudden all of the enemies of Israel have united against them. After years of working on these problems and fixing these things and getting right with God, it just seems like they're positioned to be blessed. And then all of a sudden, enemies come from everywhere. But isn't that the truth? When you get from the path that you shouldn't be on to the path that you should be on, isn't that the situation where you, you're positioned to be attacked by the enemy? Maybe that's evidence that you're on the right path. Anyway, so chapter 20 comes. And all of these armies unite against Israel. And in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 15 through 17, I'm just going to read it to you. And he says, this man who's speaking, says he's filled with the Spirit of God, speaking for God, says, All Judah... And the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, this huge collection of armies. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will find them at the the end of the valley, east of the wilderness. You will not need to fight in this battle Leave the swords at home. Love that. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them and the Lord will be with you. That's why we sang that song, the battle belongs to you. 
See, I think sometimes in this third battle, whatever you want to call it, this is the battle where God just puts you front row to watch him win. There are some situations in your life that you are going to look at the fact that you are completely outnumbered, that you, even if you wanted to, the odds are so stacked against you, there's no way. And you could ask yourself in the midst of that situation, that tough battle, God, I feel like I'm doing everything you want me to do, and it seems like I'm getting the opposite of blessing. Getting the opposite of blessing. And God tells these guys, go out and meet them, but this battle is not yours. And if you read a little bit later in chapter 20, instead of them going to war with all their gear, they send out their worship leaders. So their job is literally to sit and watch. And as God wins this battle for them, go home and read it, their job is to worship. As if to say, as if to acknowledge, God, why would I try to do it on my own? He lifts up their hearts and their minds and they worship and they focus on God and he just handles it. But their job is to stand firm and wait on the Lord. So for this third battle, as we work to the close here, my question is this. Ask yourself, if you're fighting this third battle, have you done everything that you could? Have you done everything that you could? And if the answer is yes, then it's time to worship. Worship and wait. Worship and wait. Stand your ground. John 6, 33 talks about, Jesus gives us these, this claim, and I'll close with this. Jesus says, I have told you these things that you will have peace, right? We talked about in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let's go back to our trash picture. Now, what's so cool about this picture is that it is actually an art installation at this museum in the UK. And what's so interesting is that um, it's basically just a pile of garbage. And so as you walk by it in the art installation, I've seen videos of people, haven't been there, seen videos of people just like walking past this, like, what is going on here? This is just junk. But if you wait for the exhibit to open and you, and you actually get at the right angle and the, the, the angle, the, the perspective is right, what happens is this piece of art comes to life. Let's go to the next picture. And you see people at rest. You see it? See, I think, church, what we need to see is that sometimes if we're looking at something the wrong way, we're just going to see, oh, that's trash. But the way that God wants to change our perspective, to see things the way he does in light of the battle that we're facing is, remember, Jesus says we're going to have trouble. But he says what's also possible in the midst of that battle and trouble is peace. Is peace. Why don't you stand and let's pray together. Lord, I know that there are people in this room, people listening online that are fighting battles. I don't know which one. I don't know all the context, Lord, but the good news is you do. And there are some practical steps here 
Lord, I pray that we would have the boldness, that we would have the courage to follow these steps, to get started, knowing that you are already there waiting for us. We don't do it alone. Holy Spirit, teach us, show us, walk with us. Lord, some of us maybe just needed to be convinced, reminded, or told for the first time that you are a God who has never lost a battle, not one. And Lord, I think we need to start relying on your vision and less on our own. God, would you do to us spiritually what these, this picture of trash and then rest visualizes? Would you teach us how to have peace in the middle of the battle? Why? Because you are there with us, because Jesus promised us, and we serve a God who fights for us and never loses. Lord, if the battle is causing us pain, I ask for comfort. If it's causing us confusion, I ask for peace. Lord, would you teach us today not to go zero to 100 and fix everything in a weekend, but just to take one step that we would leave this service changed in a small way to be more like you. And God, if we've never started a relationship with you, if we're waiting for the right time, if we're just not ready, if we uh, just don't know, God, would we also take a step towards you in that way? that you are the one that seeks us. All we have to do is open ourselves to you. Lord, would, would we be faithful in opening up to hear from you today in a small way? Lord, as we sing this last song, may you continue to minister to our hearts and minds. And we just thank you, God, that you are a God who wins the battles. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this next song together.